What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show here for you on this uh, last uh, week of February 2021, the date, uh, February 25th, February 26th. Uh, if you're listening to it on a, on a Friday, I'm good to have you win. Lots to talk about today. Uh, talk about plenty of NBA here for you at the top. Lakers, Wizards, Nets will be the subjects of at the uh, top of the program. Get into Ben Roethlisberger deciding and the Steelers mutually deciding that they are going to uh, stay together and quote-unquote run it back for the 2021 season. Give you my opinion on that. And of course, give you my opinion on the great Tiger Woods who got into a car accident uh, earlier this week and what it means for him personally and his career and things of that nature are concerned. Um, but first things first, let's begin uh, with, if you want to call it that, go ahead, the quote-unquote biggest uh, story in sports of the week, and that is the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers, the champion, the uh, defending champion Los, La- Los Angeles Lakers, have uh, slow have uh, cooled off and have absolutely hit the wall as of late. They're riding a four game. They're riding a four game losing streak. Got absolutely destroyed by Utah, who's the best team in the Western Conference. Believe it or not, one fourteen to eighty nine on a, on Wednesday night. But I'll get to I'll get to their loss. I'll get to their most recent loss a little later. But they have absolutely hit the wall and they have hit the wall hard. They have not played. They have not played well. Their uh, their last uh, handful of games, uh, Thursday they have not won a game. They're running a four game win, uh, losing streak. They have not. Uh, they have not. Um, excuse me. They have not lost a game in a week. Uh, this is scratching my eye. I apologize. They have not won a game in a week. Uh, four game losing streak. They are not with this four game slide. They are now a game behind their uh, tenants. Uh, at the uh, Staples Center in the L.A. Lakers. They are now a game behind them in first place in the Pacific Division. They have uh, they have abs- they play on Friday night against the Trailblazers at home, so we'll see if they'll get off the schneid against Dame Dollar and company. They have lost five of their la- five out of the last six. They lost to the Nuggets in a beatdown, one twenty two to one hundred five. Took care of business against the Timberwolves and have just hit an absolute wall, beginning with their loss last uh, last Thursday. Against the, against the Brooklyn Nets, which I saw a good portion of the second half of that game, in which they were just out of, in which they were just out of sorts uh, throughout the entire throughout the entire basketball game. Uh, James Harden, James James Harden had an absolute night: 23, 23 points, uh, shot three of seven from three, uh, shot three of seven from three, nearly nearly had a fifty percent uh, from uh, percentage from the field, had eleven assi- had eleven assists, five rebounds, a block and two steals in uh, a block and two steals in the game. Kyrie Irving had sixteen point sixteen points, had a decent game. They did not have. Uh, they did not have Kevin Durant in that game. Keep in mind, so if you know, and I heard a lot. Well, Lakers, oh, well, doesn't matter. You know, they done. Well, done. We had we didn't have Anthony Davis. Oh, well, the Nets didn't have 
Kevin Durant. So I say it's I say it's a pretty I say for the most part it's pretty much even. Um, and then and then and LeBron had a and LeBron had a good night, and that was the night where he also climbed up the NBA all-time scoring leaderboard that night, where in which he put up 32 points, had seven assists, eight rebounds. Uh, could it was uh, was was uh, shot fifty percent from the line, which isn't good, and couldn't throw the ball off the boat into the Pacific Ocean from three. One of six from three uh, for LeBron. Kyle Kuzma did not. Kyle Kuzma had a decent night. Had sixteen points, his second leading score. Uh, KC, KCP, uh, Marcus All, Matthews, Marcus Morris were uh, were uh, were not a factor in the game. Harold coming off the bench put up ten points, but that's pretty much all you could say from the Lakers as they failed to score as they failed to score a hundred points. Um, it's just, and the Nets again they're going to score and and it's and it's pretty and it's hard to believe that you know you, you, that you don't put up a hundred points against a team in the Nets who I've brought up on a on. A few occasions in which you've heard all over America how the Nets don't play defense and how they are not a defensive uh, oriented team. They're more about out. They're more about out shooting you and outscoring you more than they are about playing defense and keeping their opponents to a below 100 points. But they kept the Lakers below 100 points on third on last Thursday night, and then and then they play on Saturday, and then they play on on uh, Saturday night a very highly contested uh, defensive game rematch of the NBA Finals from this past October. And the Lakers once again couldn't score a hundred couldn't score a hundred points. They kept they kept the Heat the ninety six who haven't exactly had a uh, a uh, exu- who haven't exactly had a uh, a um, exciting or nor or should I say a uh, exhilarating start to their new uh, campaign. They like the Lakers with uh, one of the shortest off, shortest off seasons in the history of the National Basketball Association they're a sub 500 t- they're a sub 500 team coming coming into this uh, coming into this game sub 500 team and on the outside looking in as far as the Eastern Conference playoffs are concerned and they had Jimmy Butler had a phenomenal night put up 24 points 24 points uh, collected uh, eight boards five ass- five assists two steals two steals in the game and none the shooting guard had a nice night as well put up 27 put up 27 points was 10 of 14 from the field uh five rebounds three assists and two steals and a block in the game uh and then sh- and then and then you look on the Lakers side of things they just you know they struggled LeBron you know when LeBron struggles you're going to have a bad night LeBron 7 to 21 not good not good one uh, one of uh, eight from three is horrendous sunk all of his three uh, uh his free throws if you're into that uh, skip Bayless uh had nine rebounds nine assists a steal a block and put up 19 points in the game Kyle Kuzma was their leading scorer he had a good night uh, uh, eight of twenty-one from the field, th- four of eleven from three. Had uh, nine, or excuse me, had four rebounds. Did not have an assist. Did not have a steal. Did not have a block. So he had uh, he had the four. He had the four rebounds and the twenty-three points. Which you know, going up against the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler just, quite simply just isn't good enough. You know, KC, KCP and Matthews they put up their they put in their little two cents. Harrell had 18 points coming off the bench, set 7 of 12 from the field. But it's just the Lakers have just been in, in an absolute rut. And then, and then, and then on, um, 
And on Monday night, this is a game I actually saw a good portion of. Uh, saw midway through the second second quarter, all the way up till first couple of minutes of of uh, overtime because it's you know it's a game is game you know tip offs about ten thirty on the west ten thirty east coast time and I'm sitting up here you know trying to keep my eyes open my eyes weighing weighing you know weighing a ton trying to stay awake at, you know when the game went into overtime so I was annoyed because I, I want the game to be over so I can go ahead and get some sleep and I had to get and I had the game on via the uh my team because I get the uh I get the Wizards. I get the Wizards games living, of course, in the uh, in the uh, one of the uh, three states of the DMV, and I get the uh, and I get the Wizards games on my TV, and I downloaded the uh, the my teams app and watch it on the my teams app, and I'm sitting up here with two picks trying to keep my eyes open, uh, you know, as this, as that game on Monday night went into overtime. Wizards heading into that game, and I'll get to. And I'll save the I'll save the Wizards. They were another team I wanted to get to. I'll save them for later in the break, or excuse me, after the break later in the program. But the Wizards who, but the Wizards who, you know, coming off of a uh, coming off of a bad loss, um, a couple nights a couple nights before them, but we're playing good basketball. Well, we're playing good basketball. Uh, heading into that, uh, heading into that Laker, heading into well, they lost the they lost the night after against the Clippers, but we're riding a, but we're coming in on a nice little win streak, uh, winning, uh, winning four in a row. You know, they beat the Celtics, beat the Rockets, beat the Nuggets by two, took care of business, beating the Trailblazers on uh, on a Saturday night by seven, and they took care of business against the Lakers, in overtime, winning winning by three. Winning by three, one twenty-seven to one twenty-four. Uh, Russell Westbrook and and Bradley Beal, and I'll get to those two, of course, and from a Wizards side of things a little later on. But had a phenomenal night. Both of them uh, combined for six for sixty-five points. Um, both were sh- both shot excellent from the field. Uh, didn't didn't hit their threes though, but both were excellent from the field. Um, and Russell Westbrook had nine assists, fourteen rebounds. Bradley Bill had seven. Uh, Bradley Bill also had a couple of steals. Also had a couple of steals as well. LeBron again had a thirty-plus point game. Had thirty-one points in the game. Could you know missed the missed uh, some free throws there at the end of regulation, which came back to bite him in the ass. Uh, was one of three from the free throw line, two of ten shooting from three, fourteen of twenty-nine overall, thirty-one points in the game, thirteen assists, nine rebounds, and a steal in the game. Kyle Kuzma had fourteen had fourteen points. KCP put up twenty one points. Harold coming off the bench put up twenty six points. It's just it was just a bad defensive night for the Lakers, and you know, and they allowed Bradley Beal, who who's an All Star and rightfully so, uh, when he's on his game can be as good as any shooting guard in the NBA. Uh, and then of course Russell Westbrook. Who, who again? Not a doesn't you know? Isn't a big time point guard in a big spot, but as far as pound for pound, one through eighty two, one through uh one through eighty two. I understand not playing eighty two games, but you get the idea. Throughout a course of a season, he'll give you his absolute best and will and will give you a hundred uh, percent effort and then some. And we'll, you know we'll chase we'll chase every we'll grab every rebound. Uh, go to the basket, coast to coast. We'll get, we'll you know, pad get pad his assist, pad his assisting numbers. 
So when Russell Westbrook gets hot, he gets hot. And when you have him and Bradley Beal combining for 65 points, you, 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 you're going to have a hard time. Uh, you're gonna. I understand you got LeBron James. Don't get me wrong, but you're gonna have a hard time winning the basketball game when you let Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, one of the best guards in the National Basketball Association, put up 65 points combined. And then last night, uh, and then the Lakers last night against the Jazz uh, were just absolutely horrendous. Couldn't score 90 points, put up 89. He just got absolutely destroyed, 114 to 89. Uh, got out. Got outscored. In the second quarter, thirty-nine to twenty-four, got outscored in the second quarter, thirty-nine to twenty-four, and then got outscored in the third quarter after halftime, twenty-seven to seventeen. Uh, LeBron had a LeBron had an awful had an awful night. He shot nearly he shot nearly fifty percent from the field, so you give him that, and was four or five from the free throw line. Couldn't couldn't hit his threes. Didn't put up many. Didn't put up many points. Turned over the basketball four times. Had four assists, four rebounds, and a steal. Marcus Morris twelve points, fifty percent shooting percentage from three, uh, two of four from the uh, from the line, uh, and uh, had nine re had uh, nine rebounds and an assist. Uh, KCP, Marcus All, Horton Tucker were not a, was not a, were not a factor in the game. Kyle Kuzma was you know wasn't any good coming off of the bench either. Nor was Alex Caruso, and they let and they let simply it was a, a big time collective effort. No 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 one went uh, crazy a la be a la like Beal and Westbrook did uh, the other night. But you know when you have uh, when you have uh, Bogdanovich. Gobert, Rudy Gobert, Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and then Favors and and Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, uh, you know, having double digit points. Uh, Clarkson with eighteen, Favors with twelve, and Donovan Mitchell with thirteen, and Rudy Gobert with eighteen, and it's 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 not a re it's not a recipe it's not a recipe for a W, especially when your guy when LeBron's turn over the f basketball four times, and they and you guys themselves can't can can't have a leading score to put up more to put up at least twenty one points or more, and it was just an absolutely bad night bad night for the Lakers. Uh, Utah was clicking as far as a shooting the as far as shooting the basketball was concerned. Uh, Bogdan Yanovich was. Was a shot fifty percent from three. Um, Rudy Gobert had a, had a wonderful night. He shot um, sixty six percent from the field. Uh, Conley fifty percent from the field as well. Uh, the only one that was really spotty was Donovan Mitchell when he uh, when he shot uh, twenty five percent from the field, which you don't like. But the, but the Utah Jets for the most part had a pretty solid night. On Wednesday night, and took care of business uh, against the uh, against the, uh, the defending champion Lakers, as the Utah Jazz, who are one of the more surprising teams in this 2020-2021 NBA season, being uh, having the best record in the Western Conference at twenty six and at twenty six and six, running a short little two game uh, winning streak that they've that they've uh, had that they've uh, had going. Uh, outs and and outside of their loss in the back to back they had against the Lakers, they uh, outside of or excuse me that back to back they had against the Clippers, which they lost to the Clippers one sixteen to one twelve. You have to go back to when they played the Nuggets on January on Janu on January thirty first when they lost to the Nuggets by eleven one twenty eight to one seventeen. 
But the Lakers right now, they're in a little bit they're in a little bit of a rut. Um they you know they have not played as well as you'd like them to play on at home. They're only nine and seven at state at Staples Center. Only nine and seven at Staples Center. Um, you know, that, that, that would, that would concern you a little, that would, that would concern you a little bit. Um, you know, during the, uh, during the month of February, they have not been all that great. Only two games above 500 at seven and five, you know, they, you know, they, uh, they, they, uh, you know, they, um, they, you know, they, they, you know, they can't, you know, they've had spot, they had spotty nights, you know, nights where their defense is horrendous, nights where they can't throw the ball, they can't throw the ball off a boat into the ocean, you know, LeBron's had, you know, LeBron's had, had a couple of bad games, you know, where, you know, he tries to do a little too much, so he ends up turning over the basketball, shooting the Lakers in the leg, uh, you know, can, you know, can't make his can't make his uh, three point jump shots. You know, he, he missed a couple again. Had the free throws on against the the Wizards the other night, which uh, which which didn't help Los Angeles. So I understand, I, and I totally get it. You know that you know LeBron needs that. You know, if we've learned anything from the uh, post two thousand sixteen Cleveland Cavaliers, that LeBron James needs a good one A. He needs a good sidekick in order for them uh, to, in order for he and the team that he's a part of to become, uh, you know, to be real legitimate championship uh, contender threats. I understand that, and Anthony Davis, you know, being being injured, you know, and it came out the night of the um, last week, as a matter of fact, against the Nets that he'd be out for four weeks. So I under, so I I get it with the with that calf and slash Achilles issue, which is which will be a scary thing because they'll say it'll be a calf strain one week and then he tries to do a little something on it. Next thing you know, you hear the news torn Achilles and he's in goodbye Anthony Davis for the rest of the year. So I understand all that and I understand that LeBron, you know the way he plays, you you can't have a championship team unless he has that one A beside him and Anthony Davis is that one A like Kyrie was in his days. Back in Cleveland, but it, but you know, it's it's a little concerning, concerning. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit the panic button. You know, let Anthony Davis rest. Let him let let him rest. Let him heal. Pray that it's just his calf and that it's not anything that spreads to his Achilles or anything. And hopefully, you know, by you know by mid late March, if not if not sometime during April, he comes back. Lakers start getting into a groove, and then they go ahead and they make their quest to, uh, and then they go ahead and they make their quest to repeat. But I understand, and everyone wants to go crazy. All oh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling for the Lakers. You know they've lost four straight. Keep in mind, no Anthony Davis. Who who is a vital who's a vital piece a part of their uh, starting five lineup for for the Lakers you know he's a, he's an excellent excellent um he plays off of LeBron so well I mean it's it's un, it's, it's unbelievable Anthony Davis top five player in the national and you know top five player in the league and plays off the of LeBron they complement each other so well when they're out there on the court together. So I understand four four straight losses don't look good, especially the sub five hundred teams and the Wizards. And I understand the Heat of the defending champions, but the Heat, and, you know, I understand it, it, the, the optic the optics aren't great. And you know, especially if three out of the of your last four losses have come at home, you don't have to worry about traveling and being, you know, sequestered in your little hotel because of COVID protocols, this that and the other. But 
if the if Anthony Davis is good, the Lakers are good. If it comes out that Anthony Davis, you know, might be longer than we've previously uh, found out or previously anticipated, or God forbid, it it ends up, you know, it becomes an Achilles thing where the point where he has to miss extended time, if not the rest of the entire season, then the Lakers would be in some trouble. But you would think with you know you would think with LeBron James and hopefully a healthy Anthony Davis in a best of seven playoff series, you you take the Lakers any and every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But they 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 right now the Lakers are as good as Anthony Davis is. If Anthony Davis is going to come back healthy, you know by uh, you know by late by no later than Easter. Or or come or comes back right after the four weeks is up shortly after the All Star break and and he proves that he's healthy, round to go, has no issues moving on that bad calf, then the Lakers will be a okay. But if but if Anthony Davis is is out longer than anticipated, I'd start to worry if I was a, if I was a Lakers fan, I would. You know LeBron LeBron you know LeBron feels like that he's got to do everything he's got to. He's got to compensate for Anthony Davis not being there, so you know. Therefore, he does. Therefore, he goes ahead and he does, uh, and he does too much, turning over the turning over the basketball like he did against the Wizards eight times. You know, couldn't you know couldn't hit his threes, was spotty from the free throw line. You know, stuff like stuff like that's going to happen, and the Lakers just have to take a step, have to take a step back, regroup, collect themselves. And just and just you know take it one game at a time and do the best they can without Anthony Davis and see if they can get themselves back on track as far as uh, games in the win column are concerned and that starts with their game on on Friday night at home against the Trailblazers. Take a break. Get to the Nets and the Wizards right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a T.I. Is podcast. Switching gears now, staying with the NBA, switching gears to two teams I want to give my commentary on before we uh, switch gears to some other things. And that is the uh, two teams in the East that I have seen a decent amount of uh, lately and who I want to uh, give my opinions on. Uh, first off, let's, uh, so let's stay a little local. And uh, go with the Washington Wizards, who I've seen a lot of over the last couple of days. Um, they played extremely. They played extremely well. Uh, had got lucky. You know, had a bad sequence with the with the uh, with the end. You know, inbounding and you know, as far as wasting time is concerned, they had you know had a little slip up against the trail against Trailblazers on Sunday. On excuse me, on Saturday night when they won one eighteen to one eleven. 
Um, you know, had a little slip up there, but but the, they were absolutely phenomenal as a team. They shot fifty percent from the field. Uh, have shot fifty fifty percent from the field. Sixty grabbed sixty six boards. Um, Russell Westbrook got a triple double. Um, uh, they had a, they had twenty three point. They out uh, outscored Portland as far as points off or turnovers are concerned. Um, had uh, had fifty six points in the paint to the to the Trailblazers uh, tw- uh, thirty six points in the paint, um, and then a Bradley Bill had an absolute had an absolutely phenomenal night. He shot sixteen of twenty seven from the field uh, and had thirty seven point had thirty seven points in the game. Russell Westbrook had a triple double. Uh, 27, 27 points, eleven rebounds, thirteen, thirteen assists, um, and then of course Bradley Beal, like I said, put up thirty-seven points in the game. A phenomenal night for him: seven rebounds, three assists, and two steals from Bradley Beal, the, the all-star shooting guard Bradley Beal. Who let's just look at his numbers so far this season. Uh, it's just he's just done an absolutely phenomenal job during uh you know during uh this during uh, this uh, NBA season so far uh, throughout his throughout the you know his last uh, 10 his last 10 games he's averaged 31 he's averaged 31 points 5 assists five you know five rebounds five assists and 31 po- and 31 points with a uh, with a 49% shooting percentage from the field over the last over the last 10 games i mean he has been absolutely phenomenal uh for the phenomenal for the Los Angeles uh, excuse me for the uh, Washington Wizards he's he uh, he's got 30 he is averaging 32 points overall on the season right now five rebounds a game four assists per game has just been absolutely phenomenal the shooting guard out of Florida and uh, as the as I'm recording this podcast right now you know his game uh, you know the Wizards are in Denver tonight as of right now Bradley Beal already has you know it's got 22 points on the board so he's just had an absolutely phenomenal season absolutely phenomenal season and he had that stretch and I had and I'd kept tabs on it, and I have uh, you know I've kept my eyes on him and what he's and what he's done over uh, you know throughout this season. I haven't again brought it up because it's so football, 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 football crazy. But just to give you an idea of just how well he's playing, and remember he, it was there was they had that they had a the Wizards were riding a four they were riding a four game slide um, in late January where Bradley Beal was absolutely playing out of his mind. He put up forty seven put up forty seven points uh, against against the uh, Pelicans on January twenty seventh, and a law and a loss by double di- digits to the Pelicans one twenty four to one hundred six. Put up thirty put up thirty points. 30 plus points back to back 31 against San Antonio and lost by 20 and then got absolutely destroyed by Houston on the road 107 or 88 uh Tuesday January 26 which he put up 33 points put up 26 points in a loss to Atlanta um and it put up 37 points at when they played Portland 
in Washington on uh, the uh, first Tuesday of the month of February. He put up 37 points, and and uh, the Wizards took home the L. Put up 31 points when the when the Wizards took the L out on the road against Charlotte, 119 to 97. Had an absolutely phenomenal game. Shot 50 percent from the shot 50 percent from the field, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and, and efficient offensively, and put up 28 points in their loss on Tuesday night against against the Clippers. Bradley Beal has just had an absolutely phenomenal 2020-2021 campaign, just an absolutely stellar season, putting up numbers and just scoring efficiently and having an absolutely and having a free throw or excuse me a field goal percentage right where you want it in that 48-49. And if you can get it to 50 percent, you'll take it. It just done a phenomenal job and was just playing and just putting his heart out and just playing his heart out and giving the Wizards and their fan base and the organization everything he had when they had that little four four game losing streak slide back in uh, back in late January. But as far as the Lakers, or excuse me, as far as the Wizards as a uh, whole are concerned, they've played they've played fantastic basketball like I mentioned at the top uh, they are they heading in prior to their loss against the clippers they were riding a sweet five game they were riding a sweet five game win streak took care of business against the celtics 104 to 91 uh beat the rocket beat the rockets handily uh beat the nuggets by two ble- uh, beat the trailblazers on su- on saturday night by seven and beat the lakers by three and at all in that aforementioned overtime game uh, earlier this week they're still in last place in the south in the southeast they are 11 they are 11 and 18 379 winning percentage as far as where they stand in the eastern conference they currently stand as the they currently stand as the third to last team in the eastern conference having to leapfrog the magic the hawks the heat the and the celtics to get into uh to get into a little competition with the charlotte hornets who currently hold the eighth eighth and final spot in the eastern conference at 15 at 15 and 16 six games up behind the eastern uh, leading uh philadelphia 76ers at 22 and eleven, but the get that on the board. Bradley Beals played well, especially throughout this uh, last month or so. And the Wizards, I understand they lost. Uh, they I understand that they lost. Um, they lost against the Clippers the other night. Currently, they're tied at eighty-eight at the end of the third quarter. Um, by the time you listen to this, this game will already be in the books. But as I'm looking at it here right now, tied at 88 at the end of the third against Denver. Bradley Beal has already had a phenomenal scoring night, uh, 20, 20 plus points in the game. He's a phenomenal shooting guard and, and, and an all-star for this season, and rightfully so. As the uh, Wizards have played some impressive basketball, that is item number one. Item number two is the Brooklyn Nets, who, like I, who, who I've, who has essentially, you know, been one of the, if not the only team, I think that I've, uh, that I have uh, gone on here out of my way and killed uh, here on the podcast uh, throughout this, uh, throughout these uh, w- era winter months of 2021 but boy have they uh, but boy have they made me eat crow they're 22 and 12 uh, half a game behind Philadelphia for uh, best record in the east and in the Atlantic uh, division they are apps they are flying high right now they have lost they have not lost the game since the last game their three game losing streak in which they lost to the Pistons by 11 122 to 121 they have just been flying high with a um 
riding a three, six, uh, uh, eight win. They are riding an eight game win streak. Uh, just absolutely killing the competition. They beat the Magic the other night, one twenty nine to ninety two. They beat the Lakers. Of course, they beat the Lakers. Of course, a few days ago, one hundred nine to ninety eight. Uh, last Thursday, as a matter of fact, with uh, with no Kevin Durant. Um, and this, and then you just go to the stats, and, and you're blown away. The Nets lead the lead the uh, league in points per game with 121 points per game. They're number one in the league in that. They're also number one in the league in field goal percentage. Uh, they shoot as a team 50% from the field, which is just absolutely crazy. And then they're second behind the Utah Jazz by a good little margin, but still second in the NBA in three pointers made with 519. Uh, three-pointers made to the Utah Jazz's 5.44. So uh, their defense would concern you in a big spot, best of seven series come playoff time, you know, you know, how are they, you know, how uh, is their little small, is their small, you know, is their style of play going to uh, help them, you know, defend, you know, defend the big guys like Embiid, you know, when it comes, when that time comes, that remains to be seen, but they have been, they've, they've picked it up as, they've picked it up as of late, they've played phenomenal, uh, they've played phenomenal February basketball, they have not lost a game in the month of February, uh, since uh, since February the ninth, so they've gone so they've gone uh, quite a they've you know eight game win streak that's lasted along the last uh, two to three weeks. So they've played absolutely phenomenal basketball. Kyrie Ir Kyrie Irving, you know, as much as you know, I, I, again, not my favorite player in any circumstances, but a phenomenal player plays basketball as good as anyone in the, in the NBA. And then James Harden is one of the more efficient and just more fluid scores, especially three-point uh, scores in the NBA, which is why the Nets are number two in the league as far as three-pointers are made. Again, I despise what he did to get himself out of Houston, and he's, you know, and I'm just I'm not a James Harden, not James Harden fan, never was, um, but he is a fun, he's a phenomenal talent. Just with those two alone, the Nets are going to make some noise, and then add a healthy Kevin Durant in this team. You got to play defense, though. You know when you know when the time when the toughs gets going. You know, and, and best of seven series, you got to know you got to know how to play. You know, late late game late game defense. You know, when you're up when you're up by a basket or two, that's something they're going to have to work on. And and practicing uh, late game late game uh, scenarios, that's something they're going to have to work. On, but when they're blowing out the nests, or excuse me, blowing out the magic 129 and 92, and and you know, just scoring a hundred plus 110 plus points in their sleep, you're going to win games pretty easily throughout the NBA regular season, which is why they're second in in their division at 22 and tw at, uh, 22 the 22 and 12 they've seemed like you know they were flirting around they were flirting around that 500 margin but this eight game win streak has definitely uh bolstered the, up their winning percentage and given a little bit more and has widened their margin of uh, of win loss ratio to now being 10 games over 500 than when the than when the winning streak began if my math serves me correctly, they were only about they were only about uh, you know a couple of, uh, you know you you know kept two you know you count on on one hand how many games above five hundred they were with their uh, with their non impressive uh, play up play uh, at the uh, you know play at 
the uh, ba play basketball play. Lord Jesus, my words are just all over the place. Y'all forgive me, but you know, right that three game that three game losing streak. They were not playing. They were not playing uh, the best of basketball. Allowing again with the no defense, Raptors put up over one twenty on them. With uh, the seventy sixers put up over one twenty on them, and then the. And then the lowly Pistons put up 122 points on them. They lost by 11 to the lowly Detroit Pistons on the road, which is unacceptable. But again, when they play deep, when they play defense, they win. Get they when they play defense, they when they play when they play some form of some form of fashion of defense, they win games. You know, they lose games when they allow their opponents to score. You know, and again, you got to outscore the Nets in order to beat them. You know, the Raptors outscored them, put up 123. 76ers outscored them, put up 124. Pistons outscored them, put up 122. Cavaliers outscored them, put up 125. Cavaliers and the night before put up 147 for crying out loud. When they played the Wizards, Wizards, Wizards put up 149 against them. Thunder put up 129. So you gotta score at least 100 at 120 points at min, at min, at bare minimum to even give yourselves a chance. When you when you're playing it up against the Brooklyn Nets, you don't put up 120 points. You got no shot of winning. You score you score 120 and take advantage of their bad defense, you know, and and you start getting into a rhythm as far as uh, shooting beyond the arc is concerned, and and your and your field goal percentage is is hovering around 40, you know, is in the is in the mid to upper 40s. You got a good shot at beating the Nets, but they've played they played good basketball as of late, as well as the Washington Wizards. Wanted to give you my commentary on that. And Bradley Beal, what a phenomenal season he's had. All-star, rightly deserved uh, for him. Take a break. Give you my thoughts on Big Ben coming uh, on the announcement that Big Ben is coming back to the Pittsburgh Steelers for the 2021 season. Stay tuned for that right after this. Welcome back to the Amateur Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the National Football League, and I don't like to go here and keep on relying on NFL, NFL, NFL all day and all hours of the freaking podcast when there's no real big stuff to talk about and no games and, you know, draft hasn't came yet, no big time trades or free agency signings yet. Um, but this is something that I, you know, that I couldn't let slide without giving my uh, opinion on it, and that's the fact that the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger would like to be on the same page of uh, Ben coming back for the 2021 NFL season. And my opinion on it is that it's a big, huge, colossal mistake. 
Ben Roethlisberger is going to be 39 on Tuesday, which is March the 2nd, if I have that right. He's going to be 39 on Tuesday. Surgically repaired elbow. That doesn't get better with age. Once you, once you get like past a certain point in your life, he's knocking on forty. This you know Tuesday, Tuesday is is going to once Tuesday gets it's going to be his last round of it's going to be his last trip around the sun as a uh, you know as a man in his thirties. So Big Ben is not getting any younger. He's not he's not Brady. He's not Breeze, who's you know found a way to avoid injury, you know all these years, and who's going to play you know is who's going to play into his forties. And if he does, Ben Roethlisberger's an idiot, and he won't last very long. And God forbid, and God forbid, he's going to have a freak injury that's going to nip it in the bud for him. But that's not a hint or there. Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers, they're both making a colossal mistake. Ben's putting himself physically at risk because unlike the Ben Roethlisberger, and I discussed this with your name, Trey, go back and listen to that episode that I released February uh, the 6th, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. And we and I discussed this with your inning, Trey. You know, when I went back during Super Bowl week and watched the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl, Super Bowl 43 of the two, from the 2008 season, you know, I saw Ben Roethlisberger many a times throughout that football game when the play breaks down, having the ability to extend the play, scramble out of the pocket, you know, if he has to run sideline to sideline, running, running freaking circles for all, for all, for all it cares, for all it, ma- for all that it matters, and do whatever he had to do using his legs to extend the play and find the open receiver down the field, and Ben Roethlisberger in twenty twenty does not have that ability anymore. Why? And I understand he lost weight, but why? It's because he's old. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger isn't the twenty nine. Isn't the twenty nine. Isn't the twenty nine. Isn't the twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, even thirty, thirty one year old he was. You know, back near near a decade ago. Okay, he he's not that. He's aged. He's gotten older. Okay. I understand, you know, he sees Brady and he sees Breeze playing, you know, into their into their. And he's like, well, maybe I can do that too. Ben, you can't. You know, for the style of play at the quarterback position that you did all those years, it's going to wear on you more as a 39-year-old than it would than you know having Brady break down the way you the way that Ben would expect them to at 40 what 43 years old. Now, granted, you know the rules were catered towards Brady in some certain degree. But Brady didn't put his body the the way Brady played played and continues to play the quarterback position. He does not put his body on the line unless he absolutely has to with the with the with the court with the QB sneaks. But that's it. The way Ben Roethlisberger played, he played that he played the game like a linebacker, like a fullback, like he wanted to get hit, scrambling, wanting to get hit, wanting to get tackled by the opposition. Running, running around and running around in circles, doing whatever, doing whatever he possibly could to extend plays to find the open man downfield. That's the way Ben Roethlisberger played. That's that's why he's Ben Roethlisberger. And when you play a certain way, it's going to take its toll. 
It's just the it's just the bottom line. And when you play, and when you count, and when you play that 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 rugged, rough, tough, bad enough, quote unquote, blue collar, tough, you know, linebacker, you know, that linebacker slash fullback at the quarterback position. When you play with that sort of style, that Ben Rocker has been since he's gotten into the league, you're you're not you're not going to last as long once you get past. You know, 35, 36 years of age, especially, especially coming off of what? Tommy John surgery with his elbow. He's 30, he's 39 years old. He can't throw the ball downfield deep like he used to. Play breaks down. He's got to dump these, you know, dump off little screen, screen patterns. Or, or these little, you know, five yard little, you know, you know little slant routes. Have the receiver catch it and let them do all the work. Ben Roxburgh can't throw the ball 60, 70 yards downfield like he used to. Can't happen. That time's passed. It all comes with age and it all comes getting with getting older. He's gonna be 39 on Tuesday, not 29. He's making he's making a big time mistake. Especially testing that elbow. No, it's not, it's not a recipe. That's not a recipe for a Super Bowl. It isn't. I'm sorry. And if you think not, you need to. You need to. You need. You need to wake up. And pay attention. Okay. I, and people say, "Well, he threw for." Well, people are gonna say, "Well, he did." Well, he threw for 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Well, yeah, but look at what he did throughout the back end of the season. Throw the 11 and 0 start out the window. Look at what he did. Look at what he did throughout the back end of the season. Okay. You look at Washington. Washington, he wasn't. He Washington, he wasn't great. He turned over the football, like three hundred and five yards. Uh, I I get that, but again, when the Steelers have a one-dimensional offense where all they do is run the ball to cater the Roethlisberger, what do you expect? Throwing the football fifty-three times, threw the ball against against Baltimore in the game where the Ravens had a bunch of. Third stringers, he threw the ball. He threw the ball fifty-one times. Threw the ball fifty-three times against Washington. Was not great. Twenty-one of thirty-seven, two touchdowns and two interceptions. One of them, I believe, was a pick-six against Buffalo on that Sunday night. It was terrible. And then the Cincinnati game, twenty of thirty-eight, had a complete percentage of fifty-two percent. Couldn't that game and the Buffalo game? He failed to throw for 190 yards. Buffalo he threw for 187. The Bengal game on that Monday night he threw for 170. Touchdown pass and threw an interception. So and then and then you know and 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 in the Indianapolis game, where you know okay fine Indianapolis game he played well had a completion percentage of nearly 70 percent threw for 341 and three and three touchdowns in turnover football uh, okay fine that's that's one good game that he had during the last third of the season which for the most part were not impressive you got you know and you got you got you got to be honest and get and got to be fair and again throwing the football nearly 50 times you know in a one dimensional offense where all they do is throw the ball. And people are going to say, well, look, the wild card game threw for over 500 yards and four touchdown passes. When you throw the football for nearly 70 times in a 60-minute NFL game, you ought to throw for 500 yards and four touchdown passes at some point. The stat that matters to me is 
the interceptions through four of them. That's what matters to me, four, the four interceptions. And if you want to, let me see if I can go back and pull this up. His first half stats, uh, his first half stats against uh, against Cleveland were not anything that were not anything to write home about. If I can put if I can pull them up here, they were not anything to write home about. Okay, uh, let's see if I can. Uh, if I can pull this up here, but it was it was not anything to write home about under any circumstances. Again, when you throw the ball seventy times, you better throw for nearly five hundred yards. And again, and the majority and your name tree came all came on here and told you this. When you, you know those stat when you turn over the ball, those stats are in a vacuum. Okay, they you know they put up ten points. 10 points. This is another stat that that, pe that people who say that Roethlisberger isn't as, isn't as bad and isn't as shot as everybody thinks he is need to understand. Off in the first half, the half the, the half where the game was lost, where the game was over, the first half, they put up 10 points. Well, outscored 28 to nothing in the first half. Okay? Those 500 passing yards and the four touchdowns all came in the second half. After the game was, for the most part, pretty much overdone with and decided during garbage time, like Urinating Tree said, the Browns having a banged had a banged up secondary coming into that game that Sunday night, and were playing prevent defense. So when the Steelers had the ball and no, and essentially no, the Steelers weren't going were were every. Play they were going to run was going to be a pass play. They essentially had a prevent defense. Let Pittsburgh essentially throw passes in the field of play, not you know, and essentially run out the clock and just run run the game out. Because they figured, well, we we we're so we're so we're so in front, we're so far ahead that you know, hey, what you know, if Pittsburgh puts up thirty plus points, it isn't it isn't going to matter because the because the game was over. Because the game was over at the thirty-minute mark at halftime. That's what mad. That's what I look at. Halftime, they had ten points. Have you know what the halftime score was? Just, just, just to, uh, just to ring the bell a little bit. Halftime score. You know what it was? Thirty-five ten, Cleveland. Game was over. Ben Roethlisberger, four interceptions. If my mind serves me correctly, I think he threw a pick six, maybe even two of them. But I know he threw a pick six in the game and had four interceptions and had ten first half points and put up a big fat goose egg in the first quarter. And was off kilter. He and Pouncey were out of sorts right from the get-go when the snap went over Ben's head and Cleveland recovered it for a touchdown in the end zone. Ben Roethlisberger is shot. And are you trying to tell me that the Pittsburgh Steelers bringing back Ben Roethlisberger and Juju, who Ben who wants, who Ben said that he wants back, you think that that's going to be a Super Bowl championship contender? That same core, that same group, that same offense, who said, well, Randy Feeding is fired. That doesn't matter. He's just a yes man for Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger calls the shots. Okay, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna throw the ball on average forty plus times a game. Run, you know, keep uh, James Conner's touches to a bare minimum, 
and essentially try to win football games with with the you know with a good with a good defense and a thirty nine year old quarterback who is shot. And the Steelers are doing themselves no favors in the future, and Ben Roethlisberger is doing himself no favors as far as his health is concerned, and and his legacy doing himself no favors by continuing to stick around. Okay, Ben Roethlisberger's cap hit is at forty-one, according to Sport Track. Their cap hit is at forty-one million dollars. Cap hit Ben Roethlisberger has a, has on the Steelers payroll. Forty-one million. Forty-one million dollars. In order for it to, and in order for it to, and in order for it to, um, to you know, in order for Ben Roethlisberger to come back and to have the Steelers find a way to via free agency to put together a, you know, to fix to patch whatever holes that they can, you know, putting. You know the old the old the old phrase. You know, putting a bandaid on a gunshot wound. You know, in order for him to do that, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to take a pay cut. And Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he wants to take a pay cut. You know, he, taking a pay cut, Ben Roethlisberger. He, you know, just figurative speech. You know, pay cut to Ben Roethlisberger is 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 you know twenty to eighteen or twenty to seventeen. The pay cut that that the Steelers need in order for them to even think about a Super Bowl is you know is Ben Roethlisberger going to make twenty down to ten? Cut it right in half, figuratively speaking. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's just you know figure you know figuratively speaking. Not a pay clip, but a pay cut. Forty one forty one million two hundred fifty thousand against the cap. Roethlisberger does. And it's funny. I saw I saw a list of the top ten teams in the league with the most salary cap space. The Pittsburgh Steelers are nowhere on that list. Nowhere on that list. And it's funny. Earlier today, I was look earlier today. I was looking this up uh, with teams with the most cap space, uh, or teams as far as the cap space is concerned. If you go look at the pits, and if you go look at where the Steelers are, the the Steelers are. It's just it, you know it just makes no sense why Pittsburgh why Pittsburgh would ever you know want to, want to bring him back. I mean Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is in such a is in such a mess right now is mind boggling. If you go ahead and look at NFL, if at uh, NFL teams. Uh, caps with the with uh, the cap space scenario as far as the uh, as far as teams in the NFL are concerned, you know where you can find the Pittsburgh Steelers down at the bottom of the pack, twenty seventh in the league in cap space, negative. They are in, they are they are in the zero as far as cap space is concerned, minus seven million dollars with the cap, minus seven. They are in the red. As far as cap space is concerned, in the red, minus seven. Ben Roethlisberger cap it forty one million two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And before you sit up here and say he still got it, this, that, and the other, go back and watch that. Go back and watch that playoff game. He was pathetic in the first half, and we threw the ball once again for nearly seventy times. Seventy times. You ought to throw for four for five hundred yards passing and four touchdowns. And to be fair, Cleveland 
I'm pretty sure they had backups in the game trying to rest up, get ready for Kansas City. And they were playing prevent defense to get Pittsburgh to waste the clock to get the game over so they can go ahead and game plan, you know, and, and play Kansas City. And their first half points, 10 points. Halftime score of that game against Cleveland, 35-10. to 10. Ben Roethlisberger is shot, and him coming back does not increase the chances of the Steelers of making any sort and type of Super Bowl run in 2021. Do you go back and look at this team? I understand they have a good defense, and Thomas is is a good coach. Not great Hall of Fame, uh, Adam Jones, but a good coach. You mean to tell me in an AFC where the Bills should be better, the Ravens are sitting there, the Browns are going to compete for the AFC North, the Bengals, who they lost to with Ryan Finley at quarterback, not to mention the Kansas City Chiefs. And I believe Pittsburgh also plays the NFC North, which is the Green which can which consists of course the Green Bay Packers. If you think for a minute that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a Super Bowl contender in 2021, especially with Ben with Ben Roethlisberger coming back, you need your head examined. This team is in cap hell right now and is not making and, and, and is setting themselves up for nine miles of bad road once the inevitability comes, or excuse me, hits Ben Roethlisberger upside the head when it comes time for him to retire. Because they may have a good defense, but if you've learned anything from the Bears over the last couple of years, what good is a great defense if your offense can't score points? They can't run the ball, can't run the ball, have no threat wide receiver whatsoever. Juju's a good number two. He's not he's not he's not he's not a number one threat at wide out. And their quarterback's better days are behind him instead of ahead of him. Look at this objectively and and open your eyes and pay attention, okay? The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, if this ends up happening, and it looks like that it will, if they go ahead and run it back with Ben, Juju, and all the fellas, if they make the playoffs, and I understand I said this prior to the 2020 season, they proved me wrong, but that 11-0 Stark was the flukiest of flukes you're ever going to see. If this team, I will be shocked, shocked if this team makes the playoffs in 2021. They run it back with this group. I will be floored, floored if they make the playoffs. Floored. If this team with the chips on the table and a playoff push can't beat the, at the time, two-win Bengals, with Ryan, with a third-string quarterback sitting there for Cincinnati after they've essentially done nothing but kick the Bengals' ass for five years in a row, if they can't beat a Ryan Finley-led Bengals team, what makes you think, what makes you think they're going to do anything better when Joe Burrow gets back in the saddle? Or when they have this hard schedule and they got to play Kansas City and, and Green Bay and 
Cleveland twice and Baltimore twice. I understand they swept Baltimore, but but still. They could they, they could have easily lost the second game against Baltimore, and they came within an eyelash of doing so when the Ravens had Trace McSorley at quarterback for crying out loud. Ben Roethlisberger coming back is a huge, 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 enormous mistake. Enormous mistake. And they will not reap any benefits from it whatsoever. This The Pittsburgh Steelers are a team and are a franchise that is going nowhere and nowhere fast if they don't wake up and smell the coffee and get a grip and get a clue. This team, this team is not a Super Bowl contender under any circumstances, with or without Roethlisberger. And them bringing back Roethlisberger... Is just showing is it you know and all and all bringing back Roethlisberger does is just prove to the rest is just prove to us football fans that the Steelers organization the people that run it at the top are stuck in denial and are stuck in the past and don't have a clue. Not a chance in hell this team can compete with Buffalo and not a chance in hell this team can even remotely touch. I don't care how good the defense is, can remotely touch Kansas City. This and those are and those are the two teams you have to worry about to you know to get to a Super Bowl is Buffalo and Kansas City, and then Cleveland looks like all of a sudden that they that they've that they've figured out Pittsburgh, so that's three that's three teams already, not to mention Baltimore, who could end up getting a little comeuppance against the Steelers in twenty twenty one too. If the Steelers decide, decide that, or yeah, let me rephrase that. If the Steelers think that they're going to win the Super Bowl with essentially the same crew that they had in 2020, they are sadly, sadly mistaken. They're already in cap hell. They're making it worse keeping Ben Roethlisberger around. And Ben Roethlisberger, with that, he, with that enormous ego... Isn't gonna take, isn't gonna take, isn't gonna take a, uh, isn't isn't going to, uh, let's see, his base salary is at, uh, is at four mil, is that his base salary is at forty one million. Ben Roethlisberger ain't gonna take, isn't gonna, isn't gonna, uh, isn't gonna cut that down and start making, you know, one point five. Is he isn't gonna cut his base salary down to one point five. He that that ego and not a chance in hell. Not a chance. The Steelers are setting themselves up for failure. Not just for the 2021 season, but in seasons down the road. And if they don't wake up, pull their heads out of their asses, and pay attention to, to what's going on around them, there'll be nine miles of rough and bad, vigorous road for the Black and Yellow Brigade up by the Allegheny River. Take a break. Give you my thoughts on Tiger Woods back after this.
Welcome back to the I'm Until Like a T.I. Is podcast. Unfortunate news that broke uh, earlier this past week, um, and I'm pretty sure you've heard about it, and um, last one to the part of getting to this, and apologies for not being on for you guys on Wednesday. Um, uh, just apologies for that, I'm here now. There's going to be a show on Saturday, so don't worry about that, but Forgive me for not uh, being there for you, the 20 of you that listen to the show uh, on Wednesday. My apologies for that. Um, but I'm pretty sure you heard the news. Tiger Woods, the car accident up uh, over in uh, in the Los Angeles area. That car crash, uh, you know, coming at, he had that Genesis, you know, that Genesis tournament that uh, that's involved with his foundation. Didn't play, but he was there part of, you know, part of the event, you know, Lots of photo ops, picture taken, you know, was the celebrity there everyone wanted to see, did not participate in the event, of course, but, but, um, of course that was his ordeal, got interviewed with, uh, Jim Nance, CBS had that, uh, golf tournament over this past weekend, but it's an unfortunate accident, you know, car crash, and it, you know, t- you know, tumbled, turned on its side, it was just, oh, it was awful, 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 it's just, oh, you, you, you hate to see it, you hate to hear, it's, oh, and it, and it nearly, and it nearly could have killed him, which also is, is, is the, is the scary thing too, you know, especially because, ironically enough, that accident happened so close to around the time of Kobe's, of uh, Kobe's funeral that they had up at the Staples Center uh, around this time last year, and it's just everyone has you know with with automobile you know it was you know Kobe of course was a helicopter crash. This one was a car accident in that same L.A. area early in the morning. You know you you know it, they're all you know you're sequestered you know in the woodlands like you know on Rodeo Drive. You're you know right there in the woodland part of of that Los Angeles slash Orange County area. Of the state of of the, of the uh, region of Southern California, and it's just all I gotta say is just thank God he survived. Thank God he survived. He survived the accident. And thank God he's still here, cause uh, as, as big as big and it's as influential a figure as Tiger is, it just all oh, would have been so terrible if he would have, if God forbid, if he if he wouldn't have survived that crash and just. Thank God that he did because we need Tiger Woods on this earth as long as possible. I mean, it's just the hell with the golf. You know, if he never plays another golf event again, it it you know it 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 would it would it would it would suck. But you know, but but you know, but but the silver lining is that it you know he'd be here on earth to see his kids grow up and you know and he could just be a father to his kids which is the most important thing and just 
be there as as you know be there as someone you can you know when you when you google them you can see that they're still alive and still functioning and still doing well and just you know you know seeing him hang out with many of celebrities you know he's taking pictures w with uh, David Spade and Dwayne Wade golfing the day before and and you know he was on his way when that accident happened he was on his way to do a little special for uh for, with uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert and Drew Brees, so just you know, just the fact that he's still here to be a father to his kids, you know, his mo you know, a, you know, a son, us, you know, be a son to his mother, father to his kids, and just you know, and just just as a guy that we just know that is still breathing and is still living amongst us here on planet Earth, and just someone that. His uh, his friends within the golf world and the sports world can you know see see laugh with have fun with hang out with take selfies with, it's just it's just good that he it's just good that he's still here and as I'm recording this I got my Tiger Woods uh, Frank T-shirt on that I got for my uh, birthday this past uh, or last May I should say, and uh, just. You know, uh, you know, and just as influential, you know, like Kobe, you know, Tiger is just as influential a figure, you know, he's, you know, he, like Kobe, like Jordan, like LeBron, they're bigger than the sport that they're a part of, and Serena as well, they're bigger than the sport that they play in, because, you know, because they are just so, that big of, they are so much of an influential history making, and just so much of an icon that they're bigger than the sport that they played. You know, and a tiger, especially with the sport of with the sport of golf, and I mentioned this when I went over the tiger documentary back in back in January. You know, he you know he is he is the reason why you see so many whether they be ex whether they be uh, athletes you know today's athlete or or athletes of the past or just people in general. He's the reason why you see so many people of color, you know, my my people, the members of the black community. He's the reason why you see so many, you know, black people starting over the last over the last 21 plus years take, you know, he's the reason why they, you know, black people have decided to take up golf, you know, golfing lessons. He he's the reason why you know, just seeing seeing someone that looks like uh, that looks like us with that with that dark with that dark you know African American skin dominate dominate the sport of golf and and just be as popular on top of the world as he was, that had that had an impact and it certainly and I said it then and I'll say it again it certainly has a tremendous impact on the black community whether Tiger wants to look at himself as colorful whatever bottom line is he is a black man and and again when when you're a black man and you and you find a way to dominate an area or a or a spot of life or entertainment or 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 a part of sport that has been predominantly over the last uh over the last uh, gen generations or so that has been dominated by uh, dominated by white people within the black community you're going to be admired and you're going to be loved and you're going to be looked up to and looked at as an icon for the rest of your life and even well after you pass away and tiger and tiger woods is the, is that is that is that guy 
He's, you know, so many, I mean, I, I mean, I don't have to tell you, there are so many people that never even would have thought of picking up golf if it wasn't for Tiger Woods and what he's done to the sport of golf and how he's changed the game and just dominated the sport ever since he broke in in the late 90s, early 2000s. It's, it's just, you know, it's, he, he's, he's changed the sport of golf for ever and it's great it's why you see so many you know black black people now golfing because you know because because tiger because tiger woods did it you know and and trust me like i like i said back in general do black people love the fact that do black people love the fact that he kind of doesn't fully embrace his blackness with the collaboration comments and and the fact that you know it seems like every lover that he's had has been white does it does it bother the black community? Yeah, it does. But the bottom line, but the bottom line is when we when we look at the leaderboard at say the 2019 Masters or the 2005 Masters or the 2008 you know U.S. Open or whatever, and we see that Tiger Woods, a black man's at the top of that leaderboard, kicking kicking you know kicking kicking ass and taking names. There's gonna be there's gonna be that there's gonna be that that uh that that black that self that self love that you know that self black appreciation component of it that that's going that's going to uh, that's going to flow and just uh, explode out with pride that that exists in every that exists in every uh, you know in every black sports fan. It's just, it's it's just, it's going to be it's, it's it's the way it's the way it's been for for the better part of twenty plus years. Seeing a black man dominate what is deemed and has been deemed in the past as a white elite sport such as golf, it gives us black folks a, a sense of pride. You know, what I'm saying if this, if this guy can dominate and play golf, well, why can't I? Maybe I should take up golf and try to be like Tiger Woods. Cause he's that he's that big and so much of an icon that. It's just, you know, you hit your knees and you thank God every single night that he's still here. Not obviously, of course, you know, because, you know, he's got friends and family that love him and be a father for his kids. But just knowing that as many as as many as special icons that we've lost over the last whatever it might be, it's just it's just so heartwarming and just such a sigh of relief just knowing that Tiger Woods, regardless if he never hits another golf ball professionally again that he is still with us and living among us here on earth it's 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 you know thank god that he's still alive and still with us broke both of his legs shattered one of his ankles and if tiger woods if he wants to that's totally up to him if he wants to and it seems like that you know he hasn't said anything publicly but it's Tiger freaking Woods. <laughs> it's Tiger Woods who who's tied for first in PGA Tour wins and ranks second in major men's championships and holds as many golf records as you can shake a stick. It's it's Tiger Woods. If he can have that comeback like he had winning the match in 2019, why can't he why can't he come back after this major car wreck? That'd be another thing. I mean, he's he's like Brady when it comes to this stuff. It's just it's just another it's just another little footnote in history. He can he can you know he can put his he can put his he can put his name next to so and it'd be a and it'd be a lengthy uncertain treacherous tedious road to back on top a la what he did in 2000 in the 2019 masters winning that but 
If anyone can do it, <laughs> it's it's Tiger Woods. I mean, and that you know, and many people thought that he would never ever win another major championship golf event. It, it did. I like I. It might it might have been me, Tiger, his family, Joy and Joey Lacava's caddy were probably the only people on this earth that thought and and could envision and predict as as sure as as soon as 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 sure as me sitting in this chair and as and as sure as me knowing my name backwards and my full name backwards and forwards me tiger joey lacava and and his family and his close friends were probably the only people on earth that thought that tiger was going to win another major Everyone else, including my grandmother, I've told you this story many times, thought he would never win another golf event ever again. And I said, and I kept saying, you know, eventually he's going, eventually, I don't know when it's going to be. And I'm not saying it's going to be immediate, but eventually he's going to break through and he's going to win another major. And, 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 and I'm so confident in it. He, that next major he's going to win is going to be the Masters. And lo and behold, 2019. It was the Masters. So I just pray and I just I hope and pray that he that his legs and his ankle heals. I pray that he then reaggravate as many of back injuries. You know, when that car turns over as many times as it did, I know it probably wrecked up his back and people that are close to Tiger are saying that he's more concerned about his back than anything. You know, be more concerned about his back than anything because he already had a sore back and was going to get a back operation that was most likely going to keep him out of the Masters prior to this uh, accident, prior to prior to when the prior to when the accident occurred, and then with the accident coming, it's his legs, his ankle, and then you have to worry about if his back was reaggravated and it was further damage to his back. But if Tiger Woods does the impossible and uh, and especially what we've seen from t and what we've seen from Tiger and guys like Alex Smith and everything else, which 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 a lot you know Ben Hogan also was the other one where you know saved his wife's life you know getting hit by a Greyhound bus and the comeback that he made all those year all those uh, years ago that would that would be the golf equivalent to it, but this would but if he somehow some way pulled this off and there's no reason why he can't because he's freaking Tiger Woods. But this this will be golf's equivalent of Alex Smith, and, and the and the comeback that Alex Smith had with uh and the comeback that Alex Smith had with all those leg surgeries and near and and his leg, you know, nearly getting amputated and him nearly dying with the infections with that broken leg he had in that game against the Texans in November two thousand eighteen. But if Tiger does the impossible, and there's not, and there's not a shadow of a doubt why, if he wants to go through this, why he can't, this is going to be the comeback of all comebacks. If Lord willing, and if Tiger wants to do it and is up to doing it, if he ends up coming back from this and ends up playing on the professional tour come 2022-2023, it will be the comeback of all comebacks. And Tiger Woods be looked at, and that, and that, and that, and if that comeback is sealed with a major victory, if it's the Masters again or who else, that will be looked at as golf's Alex Smith. But 
More importantly, if he never swings another golf club again professionally or ever in his life, if it has to, if it has to go that far, thank God Tiger Woods still alive and with us because it would have been an absolute punch to the gut if they went to that if they went to that Genesis SUV, and 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 Tiger Woods was unresponsive. Would have been an absolutely devastating, devastating punch to the gut, but. Thank God he's still alive and with us, and thank God he can still continue to be a friend to his friends and a father to his kids. Just be an influential part within uh, the sports community, because like I said, he is so much. He's so much bigger than golf. You, it's it's hard to even put into words, but. Thank God Tiger has survived the accident and he's going to be okay. But that's your episode of the Amatel I Can Tell You is podcast. If you're new to the show and enjoyed it, please subscribe, get the word out, share with your friends and family, text message, Instagram, uh, Twitter, wherever it might be. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it T-I-S and the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast. Follow yours truly on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. It's your boy Josh Shield. Stay safe and y'all take care. Talk to you Saturday. See ya.